Hey, and welcome in a very special co-working. I'm your host, Fanny Marku, and this is Taylor Harrington from Move, a virtual co-working space. So I met Taylor on LinkedIn. I don't remember how, I must admit, I'm very sorry, I have very bad memory, a very selective one. I only remember very specific and useless things. That's uh, quite curious. Uh, but we got along and then I tested the groove, which is a mobile app, and I've been enjoying it and meeting the same people because it's about the same people who groove at the same time. So it's a um, community of remote workers and we work together uh, during 50 minutes. So we always tell each other what we're going to work on and then after uh, have accountability about what we have done or not. And sometimes it's worked tremendous. Sometimes we've done something completely different because life happens. And Taylor has been working as a community manager, uh, building their community online, which is a wall kind of mayhem, I guess. But uh, am I getting that right, Taylor? I mean, it's definitely different than building in person, that's for sure. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's mm -hmm. got its own set of uh, rules and uh, regulations. So <laughs> yeah, that's. I'm sure we'll get into it. One thing that interested me is that you were talking about how when you were, I think, still a student, Mm -hmm. uh, you went into a co-working space and that inspired you about how you're building a community right now. Absolutely. Yes. So back when I was in college, I did a minor in entrepreneurship and they had a beautiful co-working space that was just a few streets off of campus. And for anyone listening, I went to Penn State University and I'm a, a big Penn Stater at heart. I loved my college experience. And um, just a few, a few streets off of campus, they had this great space that was for local entrepreneurs. And through my entrepreneurship program, we went for a guest speaker there. And when I walked into this space the first time, which really wasn't available for students to check out, but like I said, for these local entrepreneurs, I was like, oh my gosh, this is so me. This is my space. <laughs> I felt so seen by it. Mm -hmm. um, it. It's called the New Leaf Initiative. And basically it's a co-working space that you've got plants lining the walls. You've got desks that are made of whiteboards. Like mm. it was so beautiful. I remember on Fridays, they had salad bowl Fridays where people would bring an ingredient and all make a giant salad together in person. Um, but it was just a really beautiful space filled with a lot of mm -hmm. energy. And when I walked in there, I was like, wow, this is the way that I want to be living, the way that I want to be connecting, the way that I want to be working mm -hmm. and ended up asking for permission. Like, hey, can I can I stay here? Can I come and work here? Even yeah. though it's really not for people like me who are students. And yeah. they made an exception and said that I could come. I don't know if it was $5 a month or $10 a month, but they let me come as a student and come yeah. and do my work. And um, it was, yeah, it, it really changed my four years in college to be around such incredible mm -hmm. people who were showing me that possibility, yes. what it could be like to be an entrepreneur and do things on mm -hmm. your own. Yeah. And I guess, real life examples like that are really what teach you how to be a real entrepreneur or have that entrepreneurship mind. I'm yes. curious, uh, was it the first time you heard about co-working space or you tried one? Or did you already know what it, like kind of what it was or? It's a good question. Uh, honestly, mm. I, I don't know that I knew what a co-working space was at that point. I was 18 years old. I grew up in Connecticut and I don't know that there were really co-working spaces in the town that I grew up in. Um, 
So I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not so sure if I knew ahead of time, uh, but definitely getting involved in the entrepreneurship program, I learned more and more throughout my four years about co-working because so many folks mm-hmm. in that space were doing it on their own. Look for that peer support, that office space, yeah. um, that that dedicated place to go to. And of mm-hmm. course, now we can talk about it being online as well as maybe not a physical space you're going to, but a place that you're entering. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was definitely a newer concept. I'm not sure if it was my first time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So a strong impression of co-working and uh, now you're doing it, but online uh (laughs) was it possible in your head before you were doing this job or was it something again brand new oh yeah great question so i think while i was in college one of the things that i felt uh and i love the word loneliness talking about loneliness and i felt lonely in a lot of ways um being in this beautiful space that i mentioned Mm -hmm. i was odd one out as a student. It was for those local entrepreneurs. And so I was sitting in that space thinking, gosh, I know that there are other entrepreneurial minded college students around the world or not even college students, but that there's a wider network of people like this that I wish that I could be connected to. And I was afraid of losing in college that feeling of, oh, these are my people. These are the people that I get to connect with on a regular basis. And so actually my, my first job, I worked with bestselling author, Seth Godin, building online learning experiences. And, you know, as just one story with that, um, one of the things that really ins- was inspired by that co-working space mm-hmm. was wishing I was surrounded by other college students who were, like I said, mm-hmm. entrepreneurial minded. And so while at, working at Akimbo with Seth, I was able to create a five-day program for people like that to come together. People like me who wanted to talk about that non-traditional wavy career path Mm, and mm. explore it together, explore these bigger questions of what it looks like to do things on your own. And so then that translated into really working in the online learning experience space, cohort-based learning. Mm -hmm. And I think one big problem with that space is people don't know how to keep in contact after a program like that ends. So we saw this with Mm. the workshops and with the Alt-MBA that People have these rich, rich experiences for 30 days or two months. And then it's like, how do we continue to connect with each other when we're physically not together? And so when I heard about what the team was building at Groove, and it was very early stages with the co-founders and a few um, freelancers they were working with, I thought, Just talk about this because we're on it. Uh, When did Groove start and when did you start at Groove? When was that? Yeah, yes. I joined in June of 2021. um, And I was the first full time hire there. So I think that says a lot about Yeah, (laughs) I think that says a lot about what the founders believed in and wanted was a community person to help build this Mm -hmm. from day one. Um, And so a few months prior is when they had started. So really during the pandemic in 2021 was when it was picking up speed of like, wow, this is really something we should be building. It was really built out of the co-founders having spent years freelancing and feeling like a physical co-working space yeah. was great in a lot of ways, but it wasn't mm-hmm. satisfying the um, ease of hopping into a focus session when you want to, being surrounded by a supportive community that could keep on showing up for you. It was a different yeah. type, type of support and camaraderie that they were really looking for and mm-hmm. realized that the boundaries of doing it in a physical space could be broken and it could really be found online. And so, yeah, it was about June 2021 when I came on. And not as a replacement of the physical space, but I see more and more. My first, the first time I went regularly into a co-working, 
Uh, mm -hmm. They had a tremendous Slack community of people going to the space, but also some alumni, you could say, who used to come to the space and all those folks were there online on Slack. Mm. And to me, that became the standard of a co-working space. Since then, I've been to a lot of different spaces and they don't necessarily have a place online where people can connect and keep on getting connected and uh, catch up and all those. So I understood that was the exception what i thought was a standard and i see more and more some people start to think about it and thinking but yeah if i have for example a lot of nomads or a lot of people that uh, are at some point freelancer entrepreneur or employee or in the corporate or in a different stage of their life uh they might not come to the space all the time but they might want to keep in contact so mm -hmm. how do we manage that so yeah a lot Absolutely. of people think about those kind of things yeah, and I think that there are probably so many great examples of co-working spaces who have nailed that ongoing relationship. Um, mm -hmm. I think that, yeah, like I said, with with these online courses that we were hosting, just realizing that without a physical space for these people to gather, although they had Slack groups and online forums that they could continue to connect mm -hmm. in, it's different. You have such an incredible experience of being in such close touch with so much in common with each other as you're working through whatever projects are in these online courses that it then makes you question, well, what type of connection do people want for the long term? And how do you mm -hmm. make that as low lift as possible? Um, how do you make it as accessible as possible? And how do you have people not just put a bunch of virtual coffees on their calendar? Because that's exhausting to keep up with all of that. Um, yeah. And so I think that uh, really seeing that pain point for a lot of people is what led me also to Groove is like I had had such a powerful in-person co-working experience. I had seen the benefits of connecting with other peers like me from around the world by either designing a course like that or being a part of different ones and recognize that there was uh, a real opportunity for that low lift type connection mm -hmm. to bring into people's lives. And so, yeah, I, very passionate about what we're building. <laughs> yeah, so we're in June 2021, a few months before, I guess, you start to learn about Groove and uh, how did that happen? Uh, did they ask yeah. you, did it come naturally? Yeah, great question. Well, I, I definitely started to think about the community space. And I think mm. that it's really, it's it's so interesting because community isn't it hasn't been in people's job titles for very long as a common job title. Yes. Or a lot because I'm uh, preparing a class about uh, marketing strategy for uh, including community manager. And what people mean when they say community manager is not someone who's managing a community. That would be logical, but it's someone who's managing social media and the community that is on social media, which is part of a community, but I believe it's not the only place. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Mm. I think a lot of places do have social media fall under that community title now. And so it's it's actually interesting, I think, to really separate those two. And that's why yeah. I think a lot of people who are building community like I am uh, talk and I don't run our social media accounts that does fall under marketing on our team. Um, I think a lot of people who are in the similar uh, field of work that I am uh, tend to lean on calling themselves community builders or community architects. And mm. it's, I think, a lot more specific in that sense, because it's like we are building it from the ground up. We are creating these really powerful containers for people to come and play and interact. And so 
I lean on those titles um, more so than like a community manager. Um, and I think that, yeah, that distinction is really, really interesting. And I think that um, what you're describing is very much an audience in a lot of ways. And so um, for a lot of people, I think community has become this fuzzy word of like, is it really a community in the sense that these people are going to be interacting with each other or are they our community, our audience, where we are interacting with them either one-on-one -on -one mm -hmm. or to the masses. And I think that that's a big distinction for me between audience and community is mm. a brand is ready to make a community when their members are supposed to be interacting with each other that they can really benefit from interacting with each yeah. other. Um, mm. And I think there's so many examples of, of communities that yeah. try to work and fail because the reality is, is they would have been better off as an audience. Oh, interesting. Now, what's thought about community with different, I think it's on Reddit. If you mm -hmm. start on Reddit, you have access to some feature, but not all the feature and some forums. So other, other places where you can share information, it's based like that. And you have some kind of tier and you have the beginner or the newcomer, and then you have the regular, and then you have uh, the expert or the master or the mm -hmm. veteran or all those kind of different status that you get by how much you're interacting on the forum. Yeah, yeah, it, it's so fascinating. Status, I think, is a really interesting thing to bring up in here because uh -huh. in a physical co-working space, uh, mm. what does status look like? I think that's a fascinating question of like, in a, in a physical co-working space, like how do we know status? Um, how are we, is, is status present? Um, what counts as status, you know? Whereas I think in these online communities and forums, oftentimes we just like give someone a hat and we're like, you have status and you have status and your status just got better. And we sort of reward, uh, really we reward different behaviors and there has to be a method to rewarding that behavior. Mm. And so inside a groove, we haven't quite brought that status in, in a lot of ways. Um, and be, and part of it because sure. we lean on in-person examples a lot when building Groove. And so one of the things with, um, with Groove is like a new, you know, a new Groover does have a little waving hand emoji so that you know. I was going to say this waving hand. Yep. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's actually really been super interesting, not only because it helps create the posture that anyone who doesn't have a waving hand emoji has um, has already kind of graduated out of it. So knows what's going on because the first yes. time you are on, you're like, I don't understand yeah. the videos and working, I can't hear you or stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, so. and and so it allows those uh, I don't know if you, folks that have been grooving for a little while now to say, mm -hmm. oh, I want to introduce this new person and show them how special groove is. I'm going to join that groove with them. So it creates a posture of like they're able to support and help mm -hmm. them by showing yes. them the ropes. Um, it also is interesting because we've found that a lot of people who have the waving hand emojis actually look for each other because there's something really special about being newbies together um, yeah. and being able to kind of unite with those folks. A lot same of class. Hmm. Yes, exactly. Same class. It's like getting into college and you're all freshmen at the same time. Um, and so I think that there's, yeah, there's definitely a benefit to that. Back at Akimbo, we used homerooms as an example of how people could kind of be paired up in a homeroom when they went into an online uh into one of the online workshops. And so I do think that that unite, like uniting those, those newcomers is very beneficial. Um, mm -hmm. I also think that, uh, that as you kind of start to deem status in other ways, it can mm -hmm. get really messy because it starts to tell you what 
you as a team are valuing, what you as a community value. You know, oh, we've yeah. had this, we've had this um, interesting discussion on the team again and again around like, you know, should we adopt some sort of a badge so that when you hit your 100th groove or your 500th groove, you get some sort of an extra badge on your profile. And mm. we keep going back and forth on something like this because it's a question of what do we value? Do we value that someone is showing up 500 times or do we value the fact that someone showed up 10 days in a row and they finally shipped a project that they've been putting on hold for four years? And like, how could we, mm-hmm. how can we show the value of that versus like, hi, I came and did this a certain amount of times. And so it's an ongoing discussion of what badges or status like that might look like in Groom in the future. We, we haven't made any decisions, but I think the, the main key being that we go back to what are those in-person examples of where status mm-hmm. feels really good for not only the person that receives it, but the person who um, is also seeing that other person has status and it feels welcoming and also something they can work towards if they want that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And it goes back to the intentional space we were talking about mm-hmm. before is you're really thinking, you're not just, for example, all a lot of things we just talk about are some kind of gamification trick. Yeah. But gamification isn't just about some tricks you implement or not, it's web design too. And um, like you were saying, uh, choosing what kind of status you want to show or not, or you want to highlight or not, mm-hmm. uh, really means a lot in about what kind of community you want to build and really being meaningful about it, thinking about it and uh, being intentional about what yes. kind of space you're building. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yeah. And that's why I love that phrase, community architect, because you know I mm-hmm. came onto the team and there were 23 members on our app at the time, um, which was like our investors, our our team, our uh, like parents of the team, like it was 23 was generous. <laughs> um, and now we have thousands of, you know, we have like 2000 users on the platform. And it's really crazy to see that change over time of like, what does community look like at those different stages? And I really uh-huh. had the opportunity to build it from that day one of like, okay, so what is that container? What do we value? What types of uh, behaviors do we want to celebrate? What types of behaviors do we want to say, nope, that's not what happens here. <laughs> and so I think that those yes. types of learnings are so important. And I continue to re, you know, rethink about that, that, uh, well, I like to say it's like building a house because in a house hmm. as a, you know, and we're, I'm building Groove with a product team. So yes. building with your product team is so important. They're the ones who are really engineering it and bringing it to life. So if I'm the community architect, I've got the blueprints and I say, all right, this is what, you know, this is what the house is supposed to look like. We want to make this room feel a little bit like this. And we want to have a really welcoming entryway and whatever those different things are. Yes. And so then the product team helps build it. And so we put up the walls. And I think that the key here is not building it too much. And the reason for that is you want Mm. community members to be able to walk into that house and say, huh, how cool would it be if there was a bright pink table over here, or if there was glitter on the wall or whatever those different things are, or even things that make it easier. Wow. It would be so great if we had four chairs to sit down in over here and that would just change everything for us. And so- even though we're talking about a, a digital space, I think that that analogy is really helpful because it really helps 
shine a light that this isn't something that we're building on a silver platter and saying, hey, community members, come onto our app. Uh, this is exactly the best thing ever. Yes. And this is exactly how you want it. But instead are saying, mm. hey, it's a little half-baked and we're going to come and build it with you. And we want the features to come from all of you suggesting yes. how to make it feel more like of space. For the community, by the community. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was thinking, going back to the timeline again. So sure. you arrived uh, in 2021, uh, brand new job. Was there anything that uh, changed you or that was surprising that you didn't expect or in a good or in a bad way, uh, whatever? Yeah, well, I mean, in the spirit of co-working, I think that uh, the most relevant answer here is I was so nervous to take a fully remote job. Um, yes. And I, you know, I'm young, uh, I've, I've done, I've had one other job prior to this job and I had an incredible mm-hmm. in-person experience with that job going to a space that was like a co-working yes. space. We worked in such an incredible office. We all worked at one big table together. It was a really cool office yeah. space. And when I came onto the team, um, the two co-founders at the time and, and the third co-founder who ended up joining um, later on as, as a co-founder, but she really built it from day one as well, it, they're, they were all based in Israel. And so the team was all the way in Israel. I'm in New York City. And I was so nervous that I was going to miss that mm. in-person experience. Yes. And I was just very honest with Josh, our CEO and co-founder. And I said, like, hey, I this job, like, if I could have written a job description, it would be this. Like, this is the problem I want to be solving in the world. I love this idea. Oh. I love the type of people that will be showing mm-hmm. up in this community. And I can really see the possibility of this. And I think that I just, you know, I said to him, like, I'm just, the one thing is, is that we're so far apart and we're physically not going to be there together. Like, am I ever going to meet you in person? (laughs) And it's so funny because now fast forward, you know, and he was kind of like, let's, you know, let's keep talking about it. Like, how can we support you in doing that? And one of them, one of the things that he talked about was like, we're going to groove together. And I was like, yeah, you're right. I guess, the nervousness that I'm feeling is what a lot of the people who are on Groove would also feel by not going to a physical space. And I needed to be able to create that satisfaction of being around other people and feeling Mm -hmm. that connection through grooving. Because if I didn't, then this wasn't going to work. Like that was exactly the problem that we needed to solve. So between that and then also, um, you know, living in New York City in a quite tiny apartment, one of the other things I said to Josh was, I would love a physical space that I could walk to if I wanted to. Um, and so I have a WeWork uh, all access membership that I can hop around New York City and pop into a, a co-working space if I just need time away from my tiny apartment. Um, and that has been really helpful because we also have two freelancers that we work with in the New York area. So I do meet up with them inside oh. of the WeWork sometimes. Um and it's not to say that like Groove isn't satisfying the camaraderie that I was looking for and the focus and the team support that I was looking for, because mm-hmm. it totally does. It's the physical walking to a space that is a little bit helpful to my brain that when Josh offered that, I was like, yeah, I'll take you up on that. Um, so that was, yeah, I think when we talk about like what is, mm-hmm. yeah, what makes a um, successful or what makes like what are kind of those like scary moments at the beginning of working together? That was one of yes. the, the scariest moments. Yeah, uh, it's so great that you've been through what new users are going through. 
because yeah. you really felt it. And it's not just putting yourself in your shoes. You were in the shoes. So uh, yes. you totally know, you, you got the feeling. And I feel a lot of passion product, passion, pro passion project we do. Uh, it's because we've been through it and we want to uh, improve the situation. We want yeah. to help others who are experiencing what we experience and make it a great experience. Absolutely. Yeah. It comes from that yeah. pain point of like, mm -hmm. I know what those feelings feel like. I want to wipe those feelings away so that no one else has to feel them again. Um, and I think that, you know, even COVID was a really helpful lesson in that respect because mm -hmm. I was living back at home at the time uh, with my parents and was trying to run this, you know, do my, my job, which was prior to Groove, um, trying to do this job in like my childhood bedroom. And I missed people so much as like a total extrovert connector, hum you know, mm. loved humans, um, had a really hard time with that. And also had a hard time focusing of like, how mm -hmm. do I structure a day where I'm no longer in a physical space with teammates to kind of help structure that yes. for me. And so I think that all of those experiences were really relatable to a lot of groovers. And I also think that the experience, like I mentioned before, of I knew very early on at age 18, 19, that I wanted to do something different. I didn't want to mm. go into a corporate job. I wanted to go on a path less traveled. We talk about wavy career paths all the time at Groove. And I think that a lot of groovers can relate to that. A lot of people who go to co-working spaces generally can relate to that wavy career path. And um, I think that having that experience as well of like, I want to do something different and the path isn't clear what's next, but I'm going to learn and soak as much up as I can right now is a very common feeling for groovers, but also knowing that doing that type of work can feel a bit lonely in the sense that other people yeah. don't get it. They're like, what the heck are you doing? Mm -hmm. What are all of these projects you're working on? You're pouring your heart into these things. And so I think being in that physical co-working space that I mentioned in college is where yes. I really found those cheerleaders to say like, hey, you're, you're, you're figuring it out. Like you don't need to know what's next. Just connect mm -hmm. the dots, get to the next thing. And you're going to, you're, you're going to be fine. Figure out, um, you know, I just, I, I did a workshop with a woman named Dana Ray who runs a workshop on your ground truth. And she talks all about like, figure out who you are and that will guide the wavy path. And I think a lot of groovers, again, can relate to that experience of trying to go inward to understand themselves and have that guide them versus trying to climb up the ladder um, and always have a path decided. Yeah, and that's maybe my last question for you. Uh, since okay. you understand now what you want or who you are, what's next? What's next for you and what's next for Groove? What's next for the community? It's a great question. I think that uh, scaling intimacy is one of the hardest parts about building community. Um, and what I mean by that is it is so hard when you get a small group of people together who really love it and mm -hmm. really have come for a strong intention and figuring out how to scale that feeling is so hard. Mm -hmm. There's not a lot of great examples out there of doing it. And so when I think about what's next for me, I want to lean into trying to scale intimacy in the best way I possibly can and helping more and more people feel less lonely through grooving. I, I th just think that there's um, such power in this community. And I, I, as someone, like I said, who just can't stand putting another meeting or coffee chat on my calendar because I'm like, let's just groove together. Like, it's just so much easier. I think that yes. there's a real culture shift there to help more and more people feel like they can be in control of designing those days and helping them feel um, 
satisfied at the end that they were socially connected and got shit done for lack of, <laughs> lack of a better phrase. Mm-hmm. It's a win-win situation. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Well, is there anything else you'd like to add? I would just say that I would love to group with anyone who's listening and wants to give it a shot. If they thought that this sounded interesting and they want to hop in a co-working session with you or me or both of us, <laughs> we'll be on the Groove app. Um, you can find us at www.groove.oo, like out of office. Uh, and uh, I would, yeah, you can download the app right away and hop in and you'll get a cute little welcome message from me. Like you're in a physical co-working space and I'm at the desk saying hello <laughs> um, and we'll group together sometime soon. Thanks so much for yeah. having me. This was great. <laughs> You're very welcome. Is there any other place people can uh, reach out? Twitter is now. great. LinkedIn is great. Um, on Twitter, I'm Hey Tay, H-A-R, Hey Tay Hair. Uh, and you can follow me on there and also LinkedIn talking all about community. Um, or and... the links will be uh, in the comments. So. Amazing. Love that. Yeah. Makes it way easier. People are like, what the heck did she just say? Hey Tay Hair? <laughs> <laughs> uh, perfect ah, i great. think it's great <laughs> well thank you very much for being my guest thank you you guys for listening for watching and uh we'll see you next time for another episode of a very special co-working bye bye